This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Gonna be one of those classic eps. One of those classics. Buckle you know, up. You, have, you know, you just you you go in and you're feeling kind of ornery and angry about the book that you read, and you just you know that it's a thing that the, the audience kind of responds to. So you just know you know it's gonna be one of the classic. One eps. of those classic eps of Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and we are raring to go this week. <laughs> Ready to talk about uh, New Moon, the second book in the Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. Meyer mm-hmm. or Myers? Meyer? Meyer. Meyer. Just one Meyer. You may or may not know that it is the sequel to Twilight, a book that we talked about mm, in episode 300. Yeah, like 20 episodes ago. Yeah, so our our deal is like we really didn't want to read all of these, but now we are going to. So we're doing this one now, and we're gonna do the next one sometime in the next like twenty episodes ish. Yes. And, and then, then for three fifty, the plan is to to finish it out. Yeah, that that's that'll be breaking dawn. So like, yeah, let me get this out of the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if you want to know more about Stephanie Meyer and the genesis of this series, go back and listen to Twilight episode 300 if you haven't already um we will as andrew just alluded to we have kind of bemoaned our way into these books and we may continue to bemoan parts of these books as we as we talk here tonight and tomorrow or whenever you're listening to it but i do want to say it has been fun to to just be in the act of reading this right book. So i was like, just gonna say like now that we're we really resisted it but now that we're here i'm having a good time yeah it's so, like it's like when i'm gonna go i've been invited <laughs> to a party that i'm not sure i want to go to and then i try to convince myself that i'd rather just sit at home and watch star trek and and play video games yeah serious and going and having a good time yeah, yeah. so like it, even if we are you know knocking certain parts of the book for very specific um legitimate reasons i'm sure uh i don't want to over or like discount the fact that i have had fun reading it and probably folks who have read all of these books probably had some of the same fun that we did even if they maybe responded to characters stronger than we did or whatever so like Mm -hmm. i think that I just caught myself like very invested in the act of reading <laughs> New Moon in ways I wasn't on the, expecting. On the rare occasions where something happens in this book, <laughs> it is occasionally gripping. But now, no, this is this is all in this is all we're we're coming from a place of enjoyment, I think, and and we're probably we're gonna criticize it plenty, but it's not tearing it down for the sake of tearing not. it down. I don't. Do think. you, Andrew? Do you know what a new moon is? It's the dark one, right? It's yes. It is the first lunar phase, more when, like no moon, when the moon and sun have the same ecliptic longitude. Thanks, Wikipedia. Same? Um, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, one of the original meanings of the new moon is uh, in a lot of cultures is actually when you start to see the first crescent of the moon peeking around. It's not when it's completely dark. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And so um, there's a bit there's a bit of symbolism at play here, a right? A bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, there's some changes going on in the world of Bella Swan that we'll talk about. Um, but it's also a very dark and yes, sad is, yes, period of also, her life. It's so. true. The darkest of her life, according to the author Stephanie Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we need to talk about about where this book came from? vis-a-vis the rest of the series so it's it was published in september 2006 which is around 11 months after after twilight came out and so so meyer did not intend for twilight to be like a book that was published for public consumption correct and when she like quote unquote finished it she found herself writing in her in her words writing epilogues that ran for hundreds of pages and she said you know what i guess i'm not done with these characters yet and so she she started to write a like a some things that would become like later books in the series but um but she she discovered or decided that there needed to be some like connective tissue between the two of them and so she wrote this and because twilight hadn't been published yet it was still in manuscript form she actually like there are characters like Billy and Jacob and, and some others who we're, we'll talk about who were maybe in the first one, but didn't have a, a, as prominent a position that she could then go back and sort of reposition to make it seem more more planned, I guess. And I only like I bring that up because she'd said, you know, I didn't have a plan. People, some people think that Jacob was like <laughs> destined to be a werewolf the whole time, and I didn't know that. He was just a plot device at first. Yes, that's but then very he was true. fun, and we we <laughs> kept him around. Uh, she also said that because Twilight was going to be published uh, for young, like in the young adult section, um, she when she, the stuff she was working on for the later stories she thought was trending to a little bit more like mature or at least more adult concerns. Uh And she wanted to honor the fact that Bella had like at least one more year in high school. And there was probably some other stuff that could go down while they were still quote unquote, like kids, even though Edward's a vampire. (laughs) Um, So she wanted to go back to high school for the second book. Um, here and in, she does in kind of, but for not really, like, we'll, we'll discuss this. But I feel like <laughs> the human characters from the first book are almost non entities, really backseated, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, any, any other quotes from she because she does on her website, I do appreciate this as like a document, she does have like kind of a journal entry ascribed to each book in the series and like an FAQ. Where she also she, has an outtake section where you what can is read that like, about. <laughs> it's just like PDF versions of stuff, like significant things that changed. And sometimes they're tiny and sometimes they're not. So there's like this whole like multi-page thing where like Bella doesn't find out what Jacob's deal is in this book. Hmm. And that's like most of the book in this book. Yeah. It's okay. like at least half of the book. Huh. And so that is a kind of an interesting like cutting cutting room floor thing to to be able to to read so that's that's kind of neat i also like that you she know jk rowling would do that and she'd charge people like 30 dollars <laughs> yes. for it some so. sort of membership plan to get or the also outtakes. would just be a be a tweet like 
oh, Professor Snape is is a werewolf. Like, he collects stamps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Semi Wire also has playlists for all of the books, um, and they directly link to Spotify, which is kind and and nice. And I also like that she includes little letters after the track listing for which character the song belongs to. So if you wanted to make a musical out of it, you sure. could open the show with Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips. Oh, boy. Uh, do, so how many, would you say, Linkin Parks are, are on this list? There, how many Linkin Parks on the playlist? There's please? one actual Linkin Park and like uh-huh. four or five bands that are like Linkin Park and then some bands I don't know that I only assume are Linkin Park-ish. <laughs> um, in the Lincoln Park milieu, yes. Like, do you realize we've got uh, "Paper Cut" by Lincoln Park? We've got "Fix You" by Coldplay. Um, we've got "Ya Mama" by Fatboy Slim. Not a not ascribed <laughs> not ascribed to any character that one. So I'm not really sure what's going just, on. Yeah, like if you were 17 and had feelings for anybody. In the yeah. early 2000s, this feels like a very apt playlist, yes, I think. I think so. A lot of Muse on these playlists, too. Like, I kind of, I think Stephanie Meyer and I could could bond over some musical tastes that... I liked Muse for a while. Yeah, most of us did. <laughs> I think I get them confused with Block Party sometimes. Mm, and sure. that's probably only because I've listened to neither in, like, the last <laughs> decade. So, yeah. like, don't at me, but... <laughs> Um, so, and then I just kind of, before we take it into the break, I was struck, this was a thing that I think is helpful for me to think about, like, Meyer's perspective on this book. In that article, she talks about, like, the point of this book and and what the big question is, and she says, what does Bella Swan do when true love leaves her? Not just true love, but Edward Cullen, which I found to be a wonderfully succinct way to say man that dude's perfect he's just the perfectest boy you you had told me a couple days ago that that something you wanted to talk about as we discussed the the plot was what stephanie meyer wants us to feel about these characters and then what we actually did and reading this post yeah there are definitely some some spots where i understand what she's going for but i think she misses it in some important ways yes so um, let's keep track of that. About. Let's keep track of that. And so but right before uh, we, we take that break. Okay. One, one last thing. So yes. as you might remember from the last Twilight episode, um, these books are released in Japan. And when they are, many, many they are. Many countries, but also Japan. Yes. Right. In many countries. But in Japan specifically, they are broken up into three or four volumes each. Mm. I think the first three books are all split up into three volumes. And then the last one is split into four. Um. And the names for all these mini volumes are the best things. <laughs> okay. I don't need to qualify that. No, you do with not. Anything. <laughs> so do you remember the, the Twilight's books were The Boy Whom I Love is a Vampire, Blood Tastes Sadness, and what was the, do the, you remember the, the other one? The Vampire Family in the Darkness or something <laughs> like that. And so the ones for New Moon are are good it starts probably with the, with my favorite one which is the fang whispers sweetly oh yeah book two month of the wolf yep. all utilitarian and then this one i think just kind of burns bella to the ground the angel of sighing <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that really does. Oh man. Like she's such an angel, but she's also just like, oh. Well, and that one's interesting. So though that like triptych is interesting because you get one for each character. Whereas the last one was mostly Bella. Like blood taste. Do you, you think I thought Fang whispers sweetly and Month of the Wolf were both Jacoby? Oh no, Fang Taste Sweetly is like Fang whispers. Sweetly. Oh, Fang whispers sweetly is like be, uh, wanting to be Edward and wanting to be with Edward. I think. Oh, sure. Um, and then Month of the Wolf. <laughs> Month of the Wolf is pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. It's like she hangs out with a kid who's a werewolf for a month. <laughs> Yeah, the angel of sighing, that's definitely her. Well, Mm -hmm. let's take a quick break, and then we can talk all about our favorite angel of sighing, Bella Swan. (laughs) Andrew. Craig. I got these fangs. I got to keep them clean. I don't know what to do. (laughs) You got to clean all the blood off your fangs. Help me. Do we have any sponsors who can help? Nothing's worse than having a clot of blood stuck in your fangs after a big meal. Ew. <laughs> well, luckily, I mean, I, I, they don't specifically mention vampires, but I assume it'll be fine. The folks at Quip mm. make a good toothbrush. The truth is that most of us, vampires and humans, are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. What makes them different? I'm glad you asked. Oh. Uh, Quip's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. It has a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. And it also has subscription plans that are for your health, not just your convenience. So they'll deliver you a new brush head on the dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So that's my, probably my favorite thing is that I don't have to remember to do it. I just get a box and the box is the reminder. That's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Quip toothbrushes start at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash overdue right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That is your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash overdue, a $5 value. Get it while it's going. Uh, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash overdue. Quip is good at brushing your teeth. And your fangs. And your fangs. Craig, I'm a vampire now, as you know. I I heard. And I was just kind of wondering if there is a place I could go, preferably like so I could stay in my house and didn't sparkle everywhere. Just like a place I could go to like learn more about myself and also other things sounds like you would like to go to the website uh of our other sponsor (laughs) the great courses plus i'm just sorry i was a little thrown off like imagining you as a vampire (laughs) just kind of threw me well no imagination necessary my friend i am a vampire (laughs) so you're a a a deathless vampire and you love uh topics that interest you so you're going to go to the great courses plus uh to learn more about them it's a great way to pick up new hobbies and gain fascinating insight from leading professors and experts with unlimited access. So you're never going to die. So you need like thousands of lectures. Well, I do in, need a lot of access as a vampire. I yes, haven't thought about that. In literature, human behavior, history, science, art, music, much more. And just in case you do want to go out into the world, you need to be able to watch and listen anytime with the Great Courses Plus app. 
Andrew the Vampire, I can highly recommend checking out their course, The Secrets of Great Mystery and Suspense Fiction, which I think our listeners might enjoy as well. Um, You get to learn about where mysteries came from. You get to learn about some of the authors that made the form what it is. I reckon you're a vampire, got time on your hands, you want to get into some of your own mysteries. Maybe you're going to write a story someday. Mm -hmm. You You need a model to follow, so you can check out that course. Honestly, like as a writer who thrives on deadline, like not having to worry about dying would probably be the worst thing that could happen to me. Well, while you're learning all you can, uh, our listeners can also go to the Great Courses Plus and find out. Uh, For a limited time only, our listeners will get this special offer, a full month of unlimited access to the entire library for free. But to start the free month, they have to sign up through this URL. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash overdue. They got to sign up now at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash overdue. Remember, it's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash overdue, Andrew. Don't forget, just because you're a deathless vampire. Please don't forget. I remember everything now. (laughs) (laughs) See you forever. (laughs) Okay. Andrew, I have a quick recap of what happened in Twilight Forest. You let me know if I miss anything, okay? Yeah, I certainly will. The young Bella Swan um, moves to Forks, Washington from her home in Albuquerque to live with her dad, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think her mom has moved to Florida with her new beau who works in minor league baseball. Uh, There in Forks, um, Bella meets the impossibly beautiful people named the Cullens who happen to be vampires. And she gets into a relationship with one of them named Edward, who is a beautiful, sparkly, bloodsucker boy who can read minds except hers. And then all the like stuff happens. And then all the vampires play baseball on a mountain, which attracts the attention of bad vampires. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is named James, who is good at hunting and decides that he wants to hunt Bella. Uh, and the last quarter of the book is the plan to like use her as bait. James almost kills her. Edward like saves her life by biting her to get the vampire juice out or something. Uh-huh. Like and, the vampire venom that transforms you into a vampire. Yes. And it ends with them in a happy relationship in Forks. And it's, yeah. It's important to highlight the, the significance of that act of Edward's yes. because... Like, apparently, people are like cans of Pringles to vampires, because once they <laughs> pop, it is very hard to stop. Yes. Um, and, and for Edward to to drink a bunch of her blood and then stop drinking her blood before she died is apparently a big deal. Very difficult. Yes, yes. So, remind me to come... Let's, let's come back to the bad vampires. Oh, sure. Bit. I mean, we have to anyway, but I just... I got problems with them as a plot device that this book really is driving home oh yes different ways so so, what is the central problem at the beginning of this book bella has a dream that outlines a problem so things are things are going fine yeah things are going great actually for both of them like they're in a relationship she has human friends sort of kind of yep they're willing to tolerate her dating edward as long as like i guess they don't like hang out outside of school or talk about it very much <laughs> correct um but what ends up happening and then the dream the specific dream i can only i read the the first part of the book a while ago i am i can only think of the the 
the dream that comes later that she keeps oh, having over and over The again. dream that I'm referencing is when she thinks she's introducing Edward to her grandmother and then in the dream she looks at her grandmother and it turns out it's a mirror and it's old Bella. Oh, and she yeah. realizes that she is going to grow old and die. And so the undercurrent of their wonderful relationship is that the, like the seedy underbelly is that she wants to be a vampire so that and she he doesn't and he doesn't want to do that. And he doesn't want to do that. It's classic like, you know, women classic are from Venus, vampires vampire, are from Jupiter, yeah. am I right? You know. Yeah, I know. Vampires be like this, you know. <laughs> Uh, and they they like they're watching like the film version of Romeo and Juliet together, talking about whether or not they could live apart ever or not live. And that's when like Edward shares his plan that like if, if anything ever happened to her, he would just go to Italy and get killed by old vampire. Go to Italy and be killed by the Italian vampire mafia, <laughs> which seems kind of elaborate. And I saw an interview where Myers. Has said she she hadn't read Dracula. I have to assume she's read. How some... are you how are you out here writing vampire <laughs> books and you haven't read Dracula? What are you doing? I don't know. I have to assume she's read some Anne Rice because this like old vampire cartel sounds very Anne Ricey, uh, like interview with the vampire style. So I don't know if like where she got that from. Yeah, but... there's like there there's a an element to interview with the vampire style vampires that that twilight vampires lack which is that immortality actually is bad and eventually you are so far away from the time yeah that you are of that it becomes uncomfortable. That's not a problem anyone here has and then I guess if you're super old you just have a whole city that you run and you don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah sort of things passing you by but um so things are looking good but there there is like trouble on the horizon and it's bella's 18th birthday she goes up to the collins house to hang out with all the vampires they throw her a party because they don't have birthdays anymore because they don't get old so they're all very right. excited to throw a party Right. And so and Bella basically like dashes headlong through a plate glass window or something like she, she breaks some glass. Wait, no, she's she, a klutz. She she cuts her finger on a on an envelope for a card for a birthday card. And then one of the Cullens Jasper wigs out because he can't bear to because it's blood. Cause she's it's just blood. full of blood. <laughs> and so Edward like knocks her away to keep her safe and she and goes then, through then this, there's like, even more blood, all this right? glass and she's bleeding all over the place yeah yeah but uh it's it's a major episode yes and it's like it's pretty bad and after that edward starts acting very aloof and distant mm -hmm. and this comes to a head a few weeks later when he takes bella out into the woods behind her house and says I'm I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving you forever. Goodbye. Yeah, he's really mean about it. He's like purposefully mean about it. It's a it's, yeah, it's mean, but it's like a it's like Harry and the Hendersons mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he he starts in a like it's not you, it's me, a literal vampire place, uh -huh. and then it moves to and who whom's among us, you know, <laughs> and then it moves to you're a puny human with a sieve for a memory. You will forget me. Go away. And she has like a breakdown like there in the woods. Like a very serious breakdown. And and it's 
represented in the book by just like you turn three pages and they are each like a each represents a month it's just like the name of the month yeah. and then you <laughs> And it's and it, yeah, it's meant to symbolize just like how wrecked she is, is that she is like going through the motions of being a person, but not really feeling anything at all. Correct. For like three months. Yeah. Um, and when she comes to. So she was saved in the woods by uh, Sam, who's of the Quileute tribe um, and some other members that like helped her help find her with her dad, Charlie. And you may remember from the first book that the Quileute tribe is the one that Jacob is a member of. Correct. And that, and Jacob is the one who told her about the cold ones, who he means are the vampires. I love a refreshing cold one uh. <laughs> on a summer's day. <laughs> and then they uh, they have a treaty with the cold. It's all sorts of stuff. Um, but she comes to... I, mean, I would love to drink some cold ones and draw up a treaty with somebody. Yeah. Hey, you know it just sounds very casual. Like happened, you know, you I get bet. you get something, I get something. Everybody, everybody goes away happy. Room where it happens, man. Some yeah. cold ones. Um, so four months pass, and he's gone. She's having a terrible time. He took all of his stuff, like from her room, or it's uh-huh. gone missing. All of her, all of the stuff that reminds her of him, including like the mixtape of his piano compositions <laughs> that he made for her. <laughs> Are gone. Just imagining this mixtape that's like every other song is a piano composition, and then every and then the other ones are Lincoln Park. So you just kind of bounce back and forth. And there's like a whole thing now where like she doesn't like music anymore. At one point, she's in the car with her like former friend Jessica, and she puts on a bunch of rap music. And Jessica's like, "I don't know, you liked rap." And in her head, Bella's like, "I can't even pay attention to this. <laughs> this is bad." God, it's really poor weird. Jessica, like poor all the human characters yeah. from Twilight who through no fault of their own have been like totally rejected and ignored by this girl, what? including Mike. Oh, who, poor Mike. Yeah, they work at like the sporting goods store together and he's always trying to be nice to her and she's always when like... I am a I'm dead inside. Don't talk to me. When Edward is saying that he's going to leave sh- and he's like you should be with Mike, you'd be safer with him cuz cuz his whole argument is that she's not safe around the vampires specifically him. For and like Edward pretty good, like for understandable reasons yes, cuz sure. if you were at a cookout and you pop a nosebleed, <laughs> it's apparently just going to end everybody's day. <laughs> and Edward says uh she's like like how do how do menstrual cycles work? I don't know. Have you thought about That's this? That's a good question. Ugh. I don't know. Okay. They just have to restrain themselves and they get better at it, I guess. Maybe they just don't like that blood. Maybe they don't. That Maybe seems like, judgmental of them though. It does seem judgmental of them, I'm just saying. But when Bella is fighting Edward when he's ready to leave and he's like, you'd be safer with Mike, she literally says, I'd rather be dead than be with Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I made a note to myself. I was like, oh, my God, drag Mike to hell. He's just trying to live, just trying to... Like get by in class and like I mean, make some friends. He just doesn't really seem like anything. He doesn't seem like he's worth that level no. of. I'd rather die. <laughs> so she like I I don't remember how she starts getting out of the <laughs> funk. Uh, I I put a I 
put a couple struck me funny over the course of my notes. She's like trying to, she can't really function in school. She's having a hard time. One of the only classes she's really succeeding in is English. Um, I made a note. We were working on Animal Farm, she said. An easy subject matter. I didn't mind communism. It was a welcome change from the exhausting romances that made up most of the curriculum. Which, okay. (laughs) Sure. I I guess, yeah. Because at that point, she's like, she can't handle romance because Edward's dead in her brain, in her heart. Well, yeah. Um, And she... He was dead before, but he's gone now. Yeah, so then she's like, she's trying to hang out with Jessica, and this is when she discovers the, like, if I... If I have an adrenaline spike or put myself in danger, I start hearing I feel, Edward. I, I hear his voice in my head. I think what starts to bring her out of it is that Charlie threatens to send her back to live with her oh, mom. Oh, you're again. right. Yes. Yeah. And so she she thinks to herself, I need to do just enough to function that I don't need to. Because the reason she moved to, to Forks in the first place is the, so her mom and her mom's new friend, Phil? Yeah, I think it's Phil. I don't remember his name quickly because it's not it's mentioned, I don't think, mentioned. in New Moon. Even though I think Phil was one of the characters we were we were the most fascinated with well, in, in Twilight. And I'm I'm pretty because team... of his minor league baseball. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> team Charlie like because uh, multiple times in the book there's reference to his dedication to Seattle sports. And at the time this book pu- was published, the Mariners were in their third straight losing season after being like a hundred win team only two or three years before. So he's like. He's in it for life. I and, feel uh, for Charlie like so so yes. much in this book a lot. because his daughter's She's off so... the rails. Oh, wild, God. like just oh wow, it's just so much. <laughs> So it's she's just goes, one thing after another with her, and she's like she is like a magical klutz, and she is like now. Def- I don't know. He's like you need to like go out hang out with your friends, but she starts realizing that she wants to like be in danger so that she can like hear Edward's voice. Yeah. So they they've gone out to this movie that. Like, I don't know. It seems like a really bad time for both of them. And then they're walking and back Jessica. to yeah, yeah. yeah, Jessica's car. And there was a scene in Twilight where Bella is approached in like an alley by these guys and Edward yes. comes in and saves her. And she sees some guys in an alley like outside a bar and like convinces herself that it might be the same guys somehow. And gets close enough to like talk to them and like feel like she's legitimately in danger, even though they're just like outside guys, they're just regular guys who are outside. But yeah, she like, like you said, she, she wants to start like chasing that. And the, the thing that she settles on as like the most dangerous thing a human being could do would be to get a motorcycle. Correct. <laughs> and so she sees a couple of like motorcycles with a free sign on them hanging out, like hanging out outside someone's house. And she remembers, oh, my friend Jake from, you know, up in La Push, like where or wherever it is, he fixes cars. Like maybe you know something about motorcycles. Yep. And and he loves her. Like the end of the he book, does. the end of Twilight, I think, is prom, and he delivers a message from his dad or grandpa, Billy's, grandpa, B- grandpa, Billy's Billy. grandpa. Yes, that's like, hey, you shouldn't be with the Cullens or whatever. Um, stay away from the cold ones. And she's like, nah, I'm in love. It's Never. 
And but Jacob does like have a legit crush on her, and so she starts spending time with him, um, with this like clandestine motorcycle operation. Um, <laughs> at one point they're riding, and she like falls and gets really injured and has to go to the ER. And their cover story is that she tripped in the garage. And like hit her head on a hammer on the floor Which is some like domestic abuse. Like yeah. I've seen so many episodes at ER, and the doctors are on that every single time. <laughs> and so like I don't, I don't know what the doctors I, and for. And Charlie's anyway. a cop. Like that story gets to Charlie, and he should not trust it one lick. Yeah, it's she goes to the ER multiple times because like she's just falling off bikes. I guess yeah, she's just falling off bikes every day for a month. But um. So like the the central metaphor, I guess, like the, like the biggest thing that you need to know about Bella in this middle part of this book is that Edward leaving has torn a hole inside her that nothing can fill. Yeah, yeah. And she, in hanging out with with Jacob, kind of like accidentally kind of like like she the way she gets there is fairly organic but she like didn't mean to start hanging out with him all the time but he makes her feel better yeah not in a not in a way that she is ever romantically into because she is just like so into edward and nobody could ever fill that void that edward left but Hang out with Jacob is the first time she's been happy since he left. Yeah, and so what? What I think the book does lack a lot in plot because this middle section's mostly like, let's eat some lasagna and ride some motorbikes. Um, <laughs> but the the inner monologues of Bella thinking like, I love this vampire and he's gone. The boy whom I loved was a vampire. <laughs> and I will never fill that void, but Jacob clearly loves me, and I keep referring to him as, as my best friend, and maybe that would be good enough. And I would have to reconcile myself to that and kind of think that through. She very explicitly entertains the idea of settling for him, and, which... And that's very real. Like, I think that's it, the it stuff. Is, man, it's frustrating. Feel, it's it is equal so parts. bad for Jacob. Yes. Because Even here's... Though, like, well, okay. We are expressly Team Jacob, We're both I kind think. of Team Jacob. And it's funny because the last episode we said we didn't get it and there yes. was no way we would ever understand <laughs> Team Jacob. <laughs> so let me hit you with just, like, the other thing... There are good things and bad things about Jacob. Yes. But let, yeah, so let's dig the into good, it. Again. The good, I think. Yeah. Um, he is literally a puppy. So he runs like 120 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit or something. Um, at this point in the book, he is not a werewolf yet. And I actually was surprised by the fact that he didn't know about them. Right. Yeah. So there, the the guy, Sam, who, who had found Bella originally, he is part of this group of guys around Jacob's age who are kind of brooding and, and hanging out like in a very insular kind of group and excluding other people in a way that makes Jake and some of his friends feel kind of weird. Yes. So yeah, I, I also was surprised that like in this book, Jacob goes from being a human boy to being a werewolf. Yes. So I thought that he was that, like I didn't, I didn't know that you'd like turn, 16 and then you're a werewolf 
Well, and it's it's funny then because I'm reading stuff like Jacob's introductions and all of this stuff like with this dog mindset that I thought he <laughs> knew. So you read a paragraph that's like, Jacob was simply a perpetually happy person, and he carried that happiness with him like an aura, sharing it with whoever was near him. Like an earthbound sun, whenever someone was within his gravitational pull, Jacob warmed them. It was natural, a part of who he was. No wonder I was so eager to see him. And all I could think was just like tiny Labrador puppies like wagging their tails yeah. and making people feel good. He's a nice puppy. We hung out with a nice puppy yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, like very just nice. dogs are cool, and yeah. Jacob, like, what is cool about Jacob in the first, you know, half of this book is up until the triple date, which we should talk about, um, is, like, he's just trying to make Bella feel good. Like, he does care about her and, and clearly wants to make a move, but he is mostly taking it at her pace he is just trying well, and to be... Mo- and mostly focused on, on doing what is right for yeah. her or like what, what he thinks will, will help her. Yes. Um, he is younger yeah, than her, you know. Right. But, the, but the, the flip side of that, like the, the bad thing, I guess, about Jacob is that he, he does some like nice guy stuff. Yeah. Sometimes like, like Bella more than once like explicitly rejects him and says like i don't i i i feel like you're my brother like i i don't have romantic feelings for you and he says something like you know i i i i care about you very much and i've got all kinds of time and i'll just like hang around and like wait for it to happen which which is a very it's a it's a particular type of dude i think i was that dude as a kid like yeah sure who who doesn't yeah i i I wasn't not that kid but you just (laughs) you just think that once somebody's rejected you like oh if i just like hang around them enough and do enough like nice things for them eventually they'll just realize that they feel that way about me yes yeah and it's not great The, the exact quote that i jotted down so there's this triple date that happens where bella invites a whole bunch of people to go see a movie including jacob and everyone except mike bails yeah and because she has been just a complete well, pill for like yeah some people months. don't want to hang out with her some people have a legit stomach flu and so it's mike jacob and bella they see this movie and mike does get sick during the movie um and Jacob's getting all emotional and riled up. And he does say to her... There's like a flu going around, yes, I guess. Yes. He does say to her, I'm prepared to be annoyingly persistent. Which is just like... Ugh, yeah, just, that's like not great. I, I like... I. It's an interesting thing because I think like within, a, within four or five years of this book even being published, like I was a teen in high school and I get it. And I was certainly a guy who was not super successful romantically at that age and i get the like i'm just going to be a nice dude at a girl i like Mm -hmm. and eventually it will work and that that is its own weird thing yeah that he he says at some point but don't get mad at me for hanging around okay jacob patted the back of my hand because i'm not giving up i've got loads of time (sighs) yeah that's it's the flip side it's the flip side of like you're a good guy who's standing by someone who's clearly in emotional distress 
and you don't, maybe don't even realize the ways in which you are manipulating that person. And I don't think Jacob is like actively manipulating her. He's just like he is a puppy who wants what puppy right. wants. And 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 there is a there is a flip side of it on Bella's end, which is yeah. yeah. Like there, there's a moment in the werewolf transition where he is insisting that he like can't hang out with her anymore. Yes. And she says like, are you breaking up with me? Which is not a thing ah. that a friend would say to another friend. No. And, and there, there are a couple, I think small moments like that where she is not sure how to like categorize their relationship. So she kind of defaults to romantic language yeah, in a way that I think maybe leads Jacob on without meaning to. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fallout of that triple date is, I guess oh, we should mention, I don't remember if this happens before or after the triple date. She does go back to the woods where uh, Edward glowed or whatever in book one. And the sparkle, like the sparkle, the sparkle, yes, the sparkle, the sparkle thing. <laughs> And there's a the vampire Laurent from the first book who was friends with James. Yeah, he was like he was the least bad of the three bad vampires. Yes, in that he did not explicitly kill directly <laughs> want to kill her right then. Uh, he shows up to avenge his friend's death and kill Bella. I guess um, that's what he says. That's right? what he says. And some giant dogs chase him off. And yeah, there's been the, there's been this running thing where people are coming into the sporting goods store and talking about like this giant, <laughs> giant bear, bear that's running around. <laughs> and this is again the closest thing to a like action plot the book has is that there's a dangerous monster in the woods and Bella encountered a vampire and maybe that monster or and its friends like chased off the vampire. Yes, maybe maybe this is the time to to bring up the other bad vampire. So yeah, Laurent yeah. is is killed in this book. But there's a third vampire, her name is Victoria and she was like the the partner of James the vampire that was killed in the first book. And she is not she is around in this book, but she's not dealt with in this book, which means she is going to be the villain for at least one more book. Yeah. And the book doesn't have like antagon like neither of these books really have antagonists. Like the the the, the bad vampires show up randomly because they hear them playing mountain baseball and then like they get fixated on this one girl and like that's that's why they are the big bads for like three yeah. books. It just doesn't It's well I, I, I get it on the level that like there are these vampires who are trying to like be good but then also there are bad vampires i get it on that level but to have it be such an individual thing for for like nothing characters who have no defining personality traits like it's just i don't know they just like accidentally showed up and now they're what we have to look over our shoulder for for ever and ever and ever it's an it's an interesting byproduct i think of this book as a romance story like romance novel first and a like vampire genre fiction book second because the evil vampire plot is like way 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 down on the bottom of the priority list it's really about like bella's feelings for edward and jacob's now in the mix so the fact that there are like bad vampires it's a boy she couldn't care at all (laughs) 
<laughs> like, but I, I think that is like a function of where she is. Like, she is drawn to these characters and wants to explore them, and really is not caring about like stuff to happen, other than the interactions between like our main cast. Yeah, and it's my, like Meyer a, talks... it's, a it's, it's a weakness. I think it's a, an explicit weakness of the stories, uh, but sure. I know where I can see where it's coming from. Like my, Meyer talks in a, in a way that. I've heard some, like a lot of fiction authors talk about, which she talks about her characters as kind of sentient things that, that want yes. things and resist things and go in the direction that they want to go. And, and, and I do, I do understand that as like, in, in, we've talked a few times, I think about how the most extensive fiction writing I've done has been like D and D campaign stuff, yeah, sure. but you do like, you have the shape of a plot in your head and you just have a character down who is there to like do some specific thing, but either by accident or like on purpose, there's something about them that just like catches on and you realize, Hey, it would make sense to have them do this other thing and this other thing. And then what if this, and what if this, and that's what, that's what she said explicitly like happened with Jacob. Like Jacob existed in the original twilight book to be the one who put the, like planted the vampire seed in Bella's head. Yes. But her, I think her her editor or her agent or something liked him so much that she was like, hey, can we get more of this Jacob kid in here? <laughs> and so that's kind of what the middle part of, of New Moon is. But. Yeah. And so Bella... But, she, but, but it feels like her villains don't have the yes. same level of investment. It feels like a Maybe story that... Maybe because she knows they're going to end up dead. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like a story that shouldn't have villains in the same way. Like, I, I, it's a way to exert pressure on Edward... I felt actually we we talked in the last episode the similarities between this book and Fifty Shades because Fifty mm-hmm. Shades started as Twilight fan fiction. And I think there's a similar weakness there where like there are bad villain people in those books, but they're really ancillary to anything the book cares about. Yeah, like to to the extent that they're important, I feel like they they are there to break what would otherwise be one like long, like two thousand page romance book yeah. into discrete chapters but yeah. or discrete discrete like chunks because they are used to like heighten the tension and then provide a little arc that can begin and end in the space of one book and, and then yeah after that yeah that's on. a good point the other the other 50 shades thing that really that um that drew my attention so Meyer said of new moon when it was published she wanted people to read it twice And the reason she said that is uh, apparently she had found that when people read it the first time, they are so like amped up for Edward to come back. Like they're, they're so worried that Edward's not there that they either skip or just don't appreciate the whole middle, like the Jacob section of the book, which again, Jacob, I'm so sorry. (laughs) That you have to put up with this, but I don't get that like, at all. I, I I don't get it. But if you remember, like between the first and second Fifty Shades books, like they break up 
And she like leaves, and then within the first couple chapters of the next yeah. book, they're back together. That's a good and point. That's exactly what it would read like if there was no Jacob analog You're right. that's in a, good a point. Twilight book that you wrote. Yeah, <laughs> like if there's not this other character there to go down this other road with. Then yeah, it would just be like them breaking up forever for ten minutes. That's an interesting point, huh? So so Thanks. Jacob. Jacob is this, um, so he he becomes a werewolf, and he learns that he's a werewolf, which, again, was a surprise to me that he didn't know already. And, uh, yeah, like, how's your grandpa keep that secret from you for, like, two decades? Um, and the, he, like, stops seeing Bella. They have this huge fight because he's, like, running around with this wolf pack. Um, and he comes to her in the middle of the night after this big fight, and he's like, listen... I can't tell you what's happening. I literally can't tell you. Because Sam won't let me. But if you think about it hard enough, you'll figure it out. Think about the story that I told you the first time we met. Which is about the, the Quileute tribe being descended, and the cold ones. being descended from wolves and stuff. And she figures it out in a dream. And she has a dream that he's a werewolf and she wakes up because that's the only time that Bella figures stuff out is in dreams. Yeah, is when she's dreaming. <laughs> and this is and this is the thing where like I don't love this sentiment of the book, but I, I do think it is strengthened by there being not just Edward, but also Jacob. I, I have a quote here. Um There'd never been one moment that I wasn't completely aware that Edward Cullen was above and beyond the ordinary. It wasn't such a surprise to find out what he was, because he obviously was something. But Jacob, Jacob, who was just Jacob and nothing more than that, Jacob, my friend, Jacob, the only human I'd ever been able to relate to, and he wasn't even human. What does this say about me? I knew the answer to that one. It is said that there was, uh, it said that there was something deeply wrong with me. Why else would my life be filled with characters from horror movies? Why else would I care so much about them that it would tear big chunks right out of my chest when they went off along their mythical ways? And to something you said earlier, like, I think on the one hand... This is Stephanie Meyer being like, this is a human in the world of supernatural creatures feeling very inadequate. On the other hand, this is like a a girl bemoaning why all the why she thinks she deserves monsters. And I don't love that. Bella has zero sense of self-worth and it kind of sucks. Yeah. And and I don't like it not all representation has to be an endorsement, but I know that Meyer really believes in Bella and doesn't think Bella's a wuss and doesn't think that this stuff reads in the problematic ways that it does. Right. So, like, like she explicitly over and over and over again says, you know, th this is not a damsel story. Like she, she wrote an entire like alternate gender swapped version of twilight just to, to prove that it doesn't matter that Bella's a, a girl. Yeah, and one of but, her. Like, I just, I just don't, I don't think that she can believe that as hard as she wants. <laughs> but that's not the way that the books read. I don't think. I don't think so. And I think, like, she one interesting quote from her. I think she she said, "We can't all be slayers," which is like a reference to Whedon and that specific type of powerful female character. Well, no, like really, only there can only one person can be a slayer, <laughs> except in season seven, where like some kind of spell made it so there could be a lot of them yeah. 
And, well, like, and Buffy was dead for a hot second, so like two Slayers. That, I mean, yeah, well, that was because she had died briefly, I guess, in an earlier season, and that's where Faith comes sure, from. Sure, sure, but sure. But then there was a whole separate thing. Um, So that's the part where I'm like, okay, I buy the idea that you you don't think that your female protagonist has to explicitly just be this, like, 90s badass character. Like, I get that. That's cool. But I say that word? What? That's on our clean podcast. Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) But I don't think that saying that, like, Bella's version of herself and vision of herself vis a vis these monster men who can't control themselves is, like, not somewhat problematic. Or, or Mm -hmm. at least, like, it's doing work that I don't think Myers thinks it's doing to, to explore that concept. Um, because as you said, then she moves on to this, like, what is my relationship to Jacob? I still don't know that I'll ever see Edward again. Um, she like, does even, even I just before we move yeah, on yeah. from the Bella sense of self-worth thing, there was a specific thing I tagged. Like this is, this is in the beginning, like happy part of the book. He, he being Edward, he, for some unfathomable reason, wanted to be with me. Anything he gave me on top of that just threw us more out of balance. Like. That is that just which that puts her in this this position of just like assuming that she's totally worthless and not and just not deserving of whatever affection anybody wants yeah. to throw her way, which is not again like not entirely out of character for like a teenager, but exactly. I, I made a note yeah, for myself. Just, yeah, I made a note for myself that I was like, I don't know if I hate this that. I hate that it's in the book or that I I'm mostly just responding to the fact that I hate that people feel this way. Like I have to check yeah, that at sure. the door. I mm-hmm. might just be over responding to this in the book because it's such a, it's such a pervasive cultural thing. The thing that really sucks about it is I kind of feel that way about Bella because she's not a very well drawn character. <laughs> And so like, I don't the, get the why this of, vampire the, the, loves her. Right. Like the depth <laughs> of their bond is like the whole point, but I don't get it. Like yeah, she that's just, fair. She, she's nothing. And I know that also is part of the point. Meyer just has a lot of balls in the air that I don't <laughs> think she can juggle all of. Sure. So the, the next major section of the book, she is hanging out with Jacob. Now that she knows he's a werewolf. She also knows that there is, the dangerous uh, vampire that you mentioned before, Victoria, Victoria, who is trying to kill Bella and has been killing people in the woods. And the, the werewolves have been like trying to stop her. Um, even though for a brief second, Bella thinks the werewolves are killing people, but that's not happening. Right. Um, so she gets to learn about the pack of wolves who are this like group of five, boys including jacob from and the probably qu- another another boy who hasn't who he's like the one boy who hasn't turned yet which yes. seems very sad um who's in the quillute tribe so i made i i feel some- like at that point like when you're the last boy who hasn't turned into a werewolf i feel like it's pretty mean of the other kids not to come and say listen here's what's up <laughs> you're gonna turn into a werewolf and it's like gonna suck but we're gonna help you through it yes um it's worth noting that myers werewolves just like her vampires can like come out during the day they just glow a lot like the werewolves are more like the incredible hulk than like lycanthropes. Yeah, there, there's an a. Uh, it, it's not a moon based morphing system. It's a. It's about. It's an emotional control thing. So yes. so, 
it being a werewolf makes them makes their emotions harder to control and then when they do lose that control that's when they turn into a werewolf correct correct um i made some notes on the quillute tribe so this is based on a real tribe in washington state la push is a square mile village that was given to them through treaties with the U.S. government or like restricted by the U.S. government. If you want How to be nice accurate, of the U.S. government to do that. For yeah, it's a square mile village. Um, history, their history places them up and up and down the Pacific coast, perhaps all the way down to South America. Um, they won a big court case in 2015 that like protected their claims on tribal lands and fishing rights, which is cool and different from the story in the twilight books which is that um some they were like and this i guess gets revealed in the next book eclipse is like the werewolves are there to fight the vampires for some reason and so they were like turned they like developed shape-shifting magic to like fight these werewolves um the actual quillute uh quillute like belief is that they were turned from wolves into humans by a god in in their belief system mm-hmm. um so i found this website for the burke museum which is burke uh with a b-u-r-k-e museum.org uh in washington state that is literally devoted to this whole website is devoted to countering twilight and the twilight series <laughs> depiction of this tribe sure. mm-hmm. um Quillute responses to the Twilight book and film series have been as diverse as the community itself. Some have enjoyed the newfound public interest in the culture, while others find the whole story and all the attention distasteful, and still others are not interested in the hype and see this phenomenon as a phase. So there are economic benefits in tourism, good thing. There's also misrepresentation and appropriation of culture, bad thing. Um... The like f- it has a whole page. It's like fiction. The wolf pack exists to fight vampires. Fact: <laughs> they do not turn into wolves. Uh, fiction: the pack imprints on wives. Uh, fi- uh, fact: they have relationships like most Americans. Um, they talk a little bit more about the remix of the origin myth and how it is. It would be similar to remixing the Bible, except the Bible is the dominant cultural narrative. So changing it doesn't have the same impact as like remixing a culture that has been besieged. By right. Like if you if settlers. you try to do a new like Council of Trent or whichever one it was that decided what the canonical yes. Bible was. Yeah. You would get a lot of people who are pretty upset about it, who are like, you can't just decide what's in the Bible, even though that's, that's what happened. how the Bible came to be. <laughs> yeah, and, there, no. and throughout the website, which I just think is interesting, they remark on multiple ways in which the books and the films are profiting off of a native culture and have not at all shared any of those profits with I mean that's the, with the deal the with people yeah a lot of stuff like we we have not read any of the Indian and the cupboard books I feel like we sh- we're, we're due yes overdue you might even say yeah but yeah well <laughs> it's gonna, and it, it's gonna be a lot of that kind it's of stuff. like it's something as small or not as small but like there is quillute art in that was the inspiration for tattoos that all the characters had in the new moon books um or in the movies rather and it's been put on merchandise and stuff like that and it is like there's no recompense for the folks oh yeah Um, of course and it's i think it is not surprising then given how that like how folks have responded to that the fact that what you said like 
she didn't imagine that Jacob was going to be as big of a part of the story. Like this was an, ex- it is telling that she used the Quileute tribe to do some plot device work to set up vampires and then was like, Oh, maybe I should double what back. If werewolves? What if yeah. werewolves? <laughs> um, so I just wanted to make sure that like that was out there and, and I'm, happy that there's like scholarship that folks can go find on that kind of stuff um yeah yeah me too so let's um let's get to the the last major thing of the book and then i want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about team jacob versus team edward sure and i think probably we're about done yeah so the 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 danger of this vampire is out there the werewolves are protecting her and she's bored so she decides to go cliff diving yeah she she had seen this happening, like like the the boys in the werewolf tribe had been cliff diving, and she had expert because she was in this phase or is in this phase where she's trying to do dangerous things. So she hears Edward's voice in her head. She decides this is something she wants to go and do too. So she makes an appointment, I guess, like sets up a play date with Jacob. Where they're going to go cliff diving together, but he doesn't show because there's all this other like vampire werewolf drama happening. And so she just like goes for it anyway and almost kills herself. Yep. And she comes so close to killing herself that the Collins who are still kind of monitoring her from afar think that she's dead. Like it's it's a Rosalie who is the sister in the last book who didn't like her. Um, reports to Edward that she has died. Because of a vision from Alice, the sister who does like her, who can see the future in, like, multiple ways. Yeah, and and the most important thing, I guess, to remember about Alice's, like, future seeing is that it assumes that the future that she's seeing assumes that the person who it's about is not going to change their intentions yeah, and yeah. people do change their intentions. And so she needs to like check back in with the future every once in a while. And then there's also a, a weirdness, some, something about Bella that I assume will be explored later, but isn't in these books where like the vampire superpowers just don't work on her. Except Alice's, which do because she can see Bella's future. That's how she knew that Bella was going to jump into the water. Okay, sure, I guess. Yeah, and apparently this does get explained in Eclipse, Andrew, so we just need to hold our guns. Okay, great, cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the entire Colin, like, it wasn't just Edward. It was the entire Colin family left as though they had never been there. Which, like, they were ageless teens and were going to... They were going to have to do that anyway. Yeah, they were going to have to leave town at some point. But they had not, like, they, they, they did it before they ex- they expressly, like, had to. Yes. Um... But I guess they'd still been keeping tabs on Bella for some reason that I don't entirely. I I think it's because like Edward's thesis on this was that Bella would get over it and be happier as a human. Yep. And I think people are just checking to see whether that's true or not. And they think she's trying to kill herself. Yeah. Yeah. They know if she dies that Edward is going to go to Italy and get killed by the vampire mafia. Which? And and so Edward hears from Rosalie that she is dead. And so he goes to Italy to get killed by the vampire mafia. And Alice Alice comes to Forks. Alice, the, the sister who likes Bella. And then they have a wild 
Italian adventure that they go on. There's a really bizarre contrivance where Alice has come to town to make sure Bella's okay. Edward calls the house and Jacob picks up the phone and he's like, oh, Bella's at the funeral. And Edward thinks that is... No, he says Charlie's at the funeral. Oh, Charlie's at the funeral, which means to Edward that Bella's dead, but it's actually some other dude's funeral. Some guy who we've never met who (laughs) died of like a heart attack. And so then Alice is like, oh, snap, my psychic powers are telling me that Edward's going to go try and kill himself in Italy by, I guess he's going to go to this town run by old vampires where it's actually really safe for humans because they don't want people to know about them. So if you go out and just do vampire stuff, they'll kill you. So his plan is, I think, to take off his shirt in this it's just town to go, square. Yeah, in like the public square during a festival and sparkle in front of everybody. Which I guess... And they will kill him because of that. Bella gets there in time. He doesn't think it's real. He thinks he's dead. And she has to convince him that it's that it's real. Like, he spends a long time doing it, too. It's like, way like, longer than it an, should. An amount of time that annoyed me with, like, how long <laughs> it was taking. And then they're still captured by the old vampires. The Volturi. Who, or the Volturi, who are not sexy. They're, like, made of paper. They're kind of old. They're paper like, mache they're vampires. And I don't know if that means that you do age as a vampire. It just happens very slowly. Or if they were old when they got vamped, which is oh, a question a good... the book does not really concern itself yes. with. But they seem kind of just like chill. <laughs> they do and seem happy to chill. see other vampires. <laughs> Though they expect all other vampires to kind of be like them. And they've like little carved out an exception for the Cullens to like be peaceful. Right. But they, they do kind of expect them to come expect back. vampires to kiss the ring, I guess. Yes. And they have their own powers. And what, okay, here's the thing about vampire powers that kind of rubbed me. Tell me me the one thing about (laughs) vampire powers that you have to say. So here's the vampire. We meet this, like, we meet Arrow and Caius and Marcus. And one of them can, like, touch you and see every memory you've ever had, which is sort of like Edwards, but not. One of Mm. them can just see relationships. Which seems like a bogus power. I don't know what that is. And then what if you were a vampire who had a lame power? Yeah, like like oh, I can like blow up balloons really fast. (laughs) I just walk into the sun. Um, well then I would just shine. I wouldn't die. Dang. Um, but they are looking at Edward and Alice like they have never seen those powers ever before. And these vampires are three thousand years old. I have to assume that these are not the first vampires who can read minds or see the future. Well, the the mind reading thing. What is that about? It's it's about being able to do it from a distance because the the one dude who can yeah. Like his mind reading power is better in that he just needs to touch somebody and then he sees everything that they've like ever seen or done. But apparently the the ability to do that via Wi-Fi instead of <laughs> wired Ethernet is a very is like a very desirable I just trait. I just which I get believe. like you know the analogy between wired and wireless internet is it's actually very accurate okay. because Wi-Fi for a long time and arguably still is not as good as wired. But the convenience has makes it made very desirable. It, yes, yeah, the, that's the true. widespread standard. You um, know? And they are also very excited that Bella, the human, um, is immune to most of their mind powers. They think that's useful. 
And also that she wants to be a vampire. Yeah, they well, they say, like, you would have to kill her or we will kill her if you don't make her a vampire. And Edward's like, yeah, maybe. Like, what? Well, so th- this, like, cause it, he expressly does not want to make her That's a true. vampire. That's and, true. and through the whole book, like, he never wavers from that even once. And her bargaining ship now is that, well, if you don't do it, then some Italian vampire is going to come to it. So like it might as well happen on your terms, right? Yeah, and he responds. He's like, I mean, they experience time differently, so they might not even think about you again until you're like 30. And Bella's like, <laughs> Bella's like, I shuddered at the thought. 30? I When I read that, I was like, 30's not that old. But I, I feel like... To an 18 thinking year old? that thir- thinking that thirty is not that old is the most like thirty something <laughs> thought that you can have. Yeah, I was reading this book <laughs> on my thirty second birthday, and I was like, "Bella, shut up." Yeah, <laughs> like my it. foot hurts all the time for no reason, but thirty's not that old. <laughs> yeah, they so they escape. They uh, quote unquote escape these Italian vampires by just like promising to make her a vampire at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, they do walk by a bunch of tourists that get eaten by those vampires and Bella oddly like recovers from that just fine. Um, That's the reason why you never go on any guided tour in any no, city. You don't maybe know. the end point is a vampire's den. You do not know. Uh, and so then this got, we got to your favorite part of the book, Andrew. So uh, Bella goes, remind me what my favorite part was. Bella get goes to the Cullen's house and they're talking through oh, scenarios. Oh, this sucks. And Bella calls for a vote. What's the vote for, Craig? Whether or not they will Decision make her. Decision 2006. What is the vote? Whether or not they will make her a vampire. Because and she lays out a case that like it's dangerous for them to not make her a vampire, right? And also, she <laughs> so she asked the Colin like the Collins should I be a vampire? And they all say yes, except for Rosalie, who's like, well, if if I had had a choice. I would have wanted somebody to say no, which like that's a whole thing that yep. doesn't get explored nope. because of how Carlisle, the vampire patriarch, made all these people vampires against their will because he wanted a family. So like that's something I don't know if it'll ever be explored or not. Um, and then Edward, because he still thinks that she is she is a human and she will be happier as a human. We get a little bit more in this book. Uh, Carlisle talks about it and Bella prods Edward about like, his religious beliefs and that he thinks that humans have souls and vampires don't and that he he will never take her soul from sure. her mm-hmm. um it, it's okay sure uh and um, i he, but but like and then the other thing the thing the big thing that sucks <laughs> is that she puts her fate in the hands of these vampires. One, one of them didn't even like her until five seconds ago. Correct. And then the other ones, Edward aside, maybe Alice, like they don't even know her that well. Nope. And so she's like, Hey, strangers who all know that I am the only thing that can make your son happy in the entire world. Do you think I should hang around forever and make him happy forever? And then she also doesn't give her dad or mom a vote. 
Nope. Not at all. Like she does this without even thinking about them. That's the power of true love, the, Andrew. Until after the decision is made, she doesn't even think about. Have it. you ever read Poor Romeo? Charlie. Have you ever read Romeo and Ugh. Juliet? Like this Poor book Charlie, reminds who's us. Been Fred, who's been worrying about her this whole time because she's been acting like a, a, I don't know. She's been acting all batty all this time. No vampire pun intended, I guess. <laughs> I'm just so. Her poor mom, who is emailing her like constantly from Florida, like, hey, what's going on? What's like, going please, on? Please, please tell me what is going and on. Tell me anything about your life. And she's like, meh, life. What is it even? Send. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does, but it's, she wins the vote, right? She Yeah, she does win the vote. Carlisle like, is like the deciding vote. It's not even a thing where she like loses the popular vote but wins the <laughs> vampire electoral college. It's like she actually wins the vote. Yes. Uh and... but they like have some sort of compromise where she's going to get finish high school first. <laughs> like she's she still has another year or something or like a couple months. Well, it's it's amidst her senior year, so like finish high school or like give give it some set amount of time. I think they settle 18 on like 18 months, months or something or like that. Years yeah. or something. Um, and then the book closes. And, and if she'll if she'll do that, then Edward will be the one who does it. Yes. Um, and then the book closes with the with her and Edward having this like deep conversation, where they basically just have to like prove that they love each other to each other. Like she has to prove to him that she's that her whole life is about him, and he has to prove to her that he really was going to go try and kill himself by vampires because he loves her. And he's like, yo, marry me. Put Let's put a ring on it. And somehow, like weirdly, this, this girl who decided in the space of 15 seconds that she wanted to be an undead vampire forever is like, I don't know, marriage is a lot of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ask. It's a big ask. Yeah, I mean it's a you, you you should think about it, you know? Like it's don't don't enter into it lightly. But she I think she does agree to it though, right? And that's kind of yeah, how yeah, it's kind of how we end the book. And and the way she justifies the the Charlie thing just so we've covered it yeah. is she she says, "Oh, I'm I am putting my mom and dad in more danger by staying human because I can't like I'm going to be close to them and I can't like protect them." Oh, sure. Sure. Um and then there's like an epilogue that has to do with like Edward and Jacob and the treaty with the Cullens and the and the werewolves that I don't really think gets resolved. It's mostly just that yo, there's two boys. It's, a, it's breadcrumbs for the next book. I yeah, feel like. yeah, and that there's still that there's still that other evil vampire out there. She's currently choosing. You know, she's chosen Edward over Jacob. Tune in for book three. So. What do you? What else do you want to talk about with Team Edward and Team Jacob? I think specifically, I want to talk about why I'm not Team Edward. Sure, yeah. And then, and then I think we we can talk about the thing you wanted to talk about, which is like what Meyer is seems to be doing versus what she thinks she's doing. Sure, sure. Um, Edward just the whole impetus for this book is that Edward decides he knows what's best for her. And then just like bolts. Mm-hmm. And through the whole book, he's doing that. And 
he pref- he he says that he cares about her so much but he never thinks to have a conversation with her about what she wants he just assumes that she really secretly has no idea and so it's down to him to make whatever the best decision is for both of them yes and jacob has the nice guy thing going on that we that we talked about but like like you'd said his whole vibe is it's much warmer, like figuratively and literally, because he's super. <laughs> he's, he's just, just a, a very warm wolf boy. boy. Um, but he's also very focused on like what she wants and making her happy and making her comfortable and and being respectful of not as respectful as I kind of wish you would be in a couple instances, but usually pretty respectful of like what she needs and what she wants. And of her agency, for the most part, for right, the most like part, he, yeah, and, and he 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 leaves the decision up to her. He also feels like he can hang around for so long that her decision will be to <laughs> hang out with him forever. <laughs> but it, you know, he does get a couple of good place points, I guess, for leaving it up to her in the end. Yes, in the first place. yeah. Whereas Edward is kind of like, I've been around for a century. You don't understand me, so I need to. I really need to tell you what's what, even though it is coming from a place of what he says is like profound caring and love for her. It is still a like, no, you don't understand. I know everything. I know everything about this. Listen mm-hmm. to me. I'm a vampire. Um. Yeah, that's that. That is certainly why I'm team Jacob. Just like it's watching just like her he's... be happy is cool. Yeah, like it. <laughs> And like, Edward just he he always seems so consumed by his own angst and she always has to worry about what he's thinking and and it just seems like so much work that she's putting in because the boy whom she loves is a vampire <laughs> where she could be in this relationship with this guy who's very open with her and and appreciative of her and just like ugh. yeah so that I, I'm with you that's kind of why I'm team Jacob too. Also, I think um, him turning into werewolves, turning into a werewolf and like busting his shoes off every time is kind of cool. <laughs> shoes are expensive. Yeah. Did you, do um, you have something you wanted to read? You're making a face like you have a quote or something. No, 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 no. I just, the, I wanted to get to that last thing. Okay. Before we, before we close, just. Yeah. So, so I, 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 Susanna and I just watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, Sure. Which she was talking about it to me and she says, you know, the reason one of the reasons I love this movie so much, one is because it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. The other is that she 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 thinks it captures that feeling of of like the intensity of teen love really mm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree with her. And I think that Meyer thinks she's doing that. Yeah. But she's not doing that. I think that I I would agree with that. I think the other thing, and we mentioned this earlier, so I have two quotes that I'm going to read about this, um, is that I think she doesn't really want the supernatural stuff to read as metaphor or allegory, and it actually works better as those things in in ways that defeat what she thinks the story is about. <laughs> um, so... 
this is this is more on the damsel in distress thing. This this is from Meyer. There are those who think Bella is a wuss. There are those who think my stories are misogynistic. The damsel in distress must be rescued by strong heroes. To the first accusation, I can only say that we all handle grief in our own way. Bella's way is no less valid than any others. To my mind, detractors of her reaction don't always take into account that I am talking about true love here rather than high school infatuation. So that's one thing I want to pause on is what you just said is I actually think the book is is really interesting if you read it as high school infatuation in all the ways that that is fraught. Um, but Myers thinks it's true love and sets the stakes at true love and that's where some of the stuff falls down for me right like that's the the problem is that it it captures the intensity of teen love but it doesn't it doesn't bother to apply like the perspective that that more time brings to to those teen feelings And, and that's not to say that the you know your your first romance like that 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 that's not super important and that doesn't stay with you forever, but it's taking the intensity of these feelings and saying, Oh yeah, actually this, this feels like the only person you'll ever, you'll ever, you will ever feel this way about. And also literally it is. Well, yeah, because it's a vampire story, this guy isn't going anywhere. So you can't get over him. You, we can't like stop and like maybe it'll happen maybe you'll get married and divorced and your life will change or you'll like do a career thing that means this guy's not important like no this is what it is he's a vampire he's your life like it's yeah. stuck that way yeah um, it's just it's it's Ugh, yeah. So then so then on to the second point she says, I emphatically reject the second accusation. I am all about girl power. Look at Alice and Jane if you doubt that. Jane is one of the other superpowered Italian vampires. I am not anti-female. I am anti-human. What? I wrote this story from the perspective of a female human because that came most naturally, as you might imagine. But if the narrator had been a male human, it would not have changed the events. When a human being is totally surrounded by creatures with supernatural strength, speed, senses, and various other uncanny powers, he or she is not going to be able to hold his or her own. Sorry, that's just the way it is. So we talked about that before. I think the thing that actually makes this book kind of resonate, even in ways where I'm like thinking about it and not liking what I'm finding, are ways in which... The superpowers, as I said, are kind of metaphors for relationship power dynamics as opposed to what it would be like if you loved a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, I don't... I don't know. I I think it's actually a better exploration of relationships, even if it's an exploration of flawed relationships. If you're like, oh, here's a guy who knows, who thinks he knows everything because he's super old and super powerful and strong, or here's a little boy who... just wants to help you even if he can go overboard because he's literally a puppy dog um those are two extremes in terms of dudes you could date as a teen (laughs) and i think it's interesting to to think about these guys that way whereas i think meyer is like nah she's just a girl doing her thing and there's monsters you know i i don't yeah i i don't want to like force the book to be a thing it's not but i actually think it is a thing that myers thinks it's not (laughs) sure so i i don't know i think that that is like the distillation of stuff in this book and it's similar i think even to the quillute stuff where like myers is like here's what here's a here's a just meyer oh sorry i keep saying that myers Um, it's just meyer you said it once i was gonna let it go no no you gotta do it no you gotta do it um where where meyer is like here's a thing that's gonna get 
the story across the way I think it is. And actually, it's like she's just using the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more under the water there than than she is acknowledging. Um, but and then, and then, then yeah, and then so the, so the, the books. Well, you go ahead. You I just want to say it now. I, I still want to know what happens next. That's yeah, <laughs> like uh, we're gonna finish it, but the the final indignity of jacob oh jacob's final indignity hit me is that they meet in the woods at the end of the book and they have that scene where jacob is like we have this treaty where you can't bite and kill anyone oh that's right bella and so if you do that like it's gonna game on and have a full-on like sharks versus jets yep vampire werewolf showdown and like they, they they this 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 confrontation drives home that they are two very separate like for for many 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 generations and many years these these two types of creatures have been just like fundamentally opposed to each other and bella walks away from that interaction being like i'm going to make him be my friend again i'm not going to lose my best friend and it's 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 more it's more of that sort of I, I'm going to get I, I am determined to get what I need out of our relationship while ignoring the things that you seem to want out of the relationship, mm. which, again, it's it's it goes in. It can be read in a lot of different directions and it's a little bit fraught with respect to nice guy stuff. But it's just this this thing that Bella does and she does it with Charlie, too, is that she like the the, the non Edward people who are in her corner. She relies upon them when she needs to and doesn't consider what they want or need when she doesn't yes need them Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. sucks yeah and it does it makes the parts where she is like constantly making food for charlie and stuff uh actually read as rather hollow where she's like it's that's yes that is kind and thoughtful but it pales in comparison to the ringer that she puts him through on the yeah, rig. Like, yeah, I thought the father daughter stuff in the first book was was pretty sweet actually, but yeah. in in this book like you, all you get is Charlie being like unendingly concerned for her and her well-being. Yeah. And her completely ignoring him all the time. Yep. <laughs> like like shout just, out to Charlie at one point he's like, "Do you you maybe you should go to therapy and She's like, I don't know. And in her head, she's like, I can't really tell a therapist about vampires. Which like, okay, I guess so. But you could probably still talk to someone about how you don't want to exist anymore except be a vampire because of sure. your true love hole in your heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, Charlie gets a raw deal. Jacob gets a raw deal. Mike gets a raw deal. I don't. We can't even explore her other friendships because they're just gone now. Like Jessica right. and Lauren, who stinks. Um, like she just one, doesn't. One could, and I, this this is a question I have: is like if a book does something and you're pretty sure it's by accident, does it still get credit for it? <laughs> Which is as Bella loses interest in the human realm, oh. like all of her friends who are humans fade mm. from the picture. So, like, was that intentional or not? Yeah. And do I have to treat it that way or not? <laughs> mm, we're thinking about. Hmm. Is that making her decision easier? It certainly is making it easier for her, I think. Like she's Yeah, because not the, well the fewer connected. ties she has yeah. to this world that she already like doesn't care at all about. 
Yeah, that's a good the, point. The easier her decision is. Like she she already knows she's gonna have to watch her mom and dad like get old and die while she stays eighteen forever. And yeah, she doesn't did, have to decide to do that sto- with anybody else. What's your story gonna be, Bella? What's your are you just gonna leave? She doesn't she doesn't think that far ahead. Like she went on her Italy adventure without telling Charlie anything. So also early in the book she says her college is her plan B because plan A is to become a vampire. <laughs> that's like how my retirement plan is like heat death of the universe <laughs> like <laughs> the financial crisis Listen, happened and i'll never retire but it's fine because cl- global warming come if, on Bella. You know, if, if i don't get into vampire tech then i'll just <laughs> i'll go to another school it's fine all right that's we gotta get out of here or else we're gonna be stuck here as vampires forever Mm-hmm. Um, we'll revisit this series in, in a few dozen episodes. Thanks for joining us on this one. If you have any uh, questions or concerns, hit us up on uh, email. You can use that, overduepod at gmail.com, or on social media, Twitter and Facebook, at overduepod. Uh, shout out to Aaron, James, Hannah, uh, Starfish Chick, Emily, Allison, Maxine, Katie, Francis, Lisa, Mrs. K, J. Deep, Blair, Graham, Mary-Kate, Kelly, and many more for reaching out to us this week week andrew what else do people need to know if they want to learn more about the show they need to know how to use a web browser so they can go to overduepodcast.com up there we have links to itunes or apple Podcasts or whatever and google play and rss those are all ways you can subscribe to the show and get new episodes when they come out on mondays and you also get bonus episodes we're gonna have another uh, round of stop homer time episodes coming out like this week or this weekend like pretty pretty soon um, so get ready for that. We also have a uh, Patreon project, patreon.com slash overdue pod. Give us a little bit of money and make us do things. And we have a new listener page up at overduepodcast.com. You can go there and find some episodes that we like that you can recommend to people who are trying out the show for the first time. Um, Craig, do you know what we're doing next week? Because I'm not looking at the October schedule. I think we're doing carry for the first week of october oh, yeah it's spooktober i forgot we don't we have one or two more like just tiny holes in that schedule so keep an eye out um for the full schedule to drop later this week um check our social media feeds for that but yeah for I believe... new listeners spooktober is our yearly spooktacular where for the entire month of october we read spooky books or books that are trying to be spooky in some way so so check out carrie and some other spooky books over the course of the next month. I think you will enjoy it. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming and listening to us talk about this vampire book. Um, I'm kind of upset how popular these episodes are because it means I have to do all of them. So You're not upset. We had a great time. We did have a good time. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Until then, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.